Following a trip to Paraguay that included two transits in the U.S., DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Qingde returned to Taiwan in the early hours of Friday. Lai immediately gave a speech at the airport about his state visit, saying it had been of great help in strengthening ties with Taiwan's diplomatic ally Paraguay. He said he was grateful to the overseas Taiwanese community for the warm reception they gave him. Meanwhile, a survey has found that the trip has boosted Lai's political momentum ahead of the January presidential poll. DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Qingde returned to Taiwan at 4.30 a.m. on Friday, but he was still able to give lively waves and showed no signs of fatigue. He shared the results of his seven-day state visit. President Peña was very frank and resolutely advocated that the friendship between Paraguay and the ROC Taiwan is based on common values of freedom, democracy and human rights. He will firmly support the friendship between the Republic of Paraguay and the ROC Taiwan. Of course, he deeply hopes that in the future the two countries can strengthen various items of cooperation between their governments and people, so that the friendship between the two countries and the feelings the two nations people have for each other can move to the next level. President Peña himself said that according to the Republic of Paraguay's constitution, the outgoing president becomes a member of the Senate for life. In the future, former President Abdo Benitez will continue to strengthen the friendship between the two countries in this capacity and will also assist with various cooperation projects between the two countries. During Lai's jaunt, he did not only visit ally Paraguay, but also had two stopovers in New York and San Francisco, where he banqueted with Taiwanese expats and Taiwanese Americans. Thank you for everyone's hard work. Thanks to everyone who worked in various capacities to contribute to the nation and society, so that Taiwan can enter the international community with great progress, confidence and dignity, and also win the support of the international community. On the heels of a successful trip, Lai has gained more momentum politically. According to the latest survey from the Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation, at 56.6%, more than half of the public are optimistic that Lai will be elected president while only 19.6% feel the same way about TPP presidential candidate Ke Wen-je. KMT candidate Ho Yo-yi at 12.4% has even grimmer presidential prospects. China's second-largest real estate developer Evergrande Group has filed for bankruptcy in the U.S. after accumulating an estimated 10.8 trillion NT in debt. Already, more than 20 large real estate firms have defaulted on debt payments in China. They include Country Garden, Sino-Ocean Group and Zhongrong International Trust, which have set off a chain reaction in the country. Experts say China's economy could be on the brink of a fall, warning that Taiwanese businesses in the Chinese real estate sector may not be able to collect payments. China's economy may decline indefinitely because we have no way of knowing when it will hit rock bottom. Payments to Taiwanese businesses in the real estate sector and related industries such as cement, steel and construction may bear some impact in the future. That's what we should keep a close eye on. 
there are many Taiwanese firms that have to purchase Chinese financial products to keep funds in China. Their high interest rates make them enticing. If you look at companies like Country Garden and Evergrande, they have dividend yields starting at 10%. But defaults could turn these high-yield bonds into a disaster for Taiwanese businesses in China. According to the Financial Supervisory Commission, the total exposure is more than 1 trillion NT. The failure of several Chinese companies has sent ripples to upstream and downstream industries as well as financial markets, which fear that more ticking time bombs could appear. As the world's second largest economy, China's teetering economy is setting off an international storm and this could be just the beginning. Worldwide financial markets have been shaken as concerns mount that the U.S. Federal Reserve will maintain its hawkish stance and even raise interest rates. Over in the U.S., bond yields have soared as stocks tumble. Here in Taiwan, shares opened low before rising and falling to end at 16,381, a drop of 0.82 percent. Turnover stood at 380.2 billion NT. Bond yields are soaring and all four major indexes in the U.S. are taking a tumble as the Federal Reserve is set to continue on a hawkish path. Global bond yields ascend as hawkish-sounding Fed minutes add to concern that rates will stay higher for longer. The U.S. benchmark 10-year yield sits near 2008 highs. The Fed is set to remain hawkish and could even further raise interest rates. The news has caused a major shock to stock markets. On Friday, the Taiwan Stock Exchange opened low and fluctuated throughout the day, peaking by 60 points in one instance. But with a sharp drop in AI concept stocks and a fund transfer to finance, shipping and other traditional shares, the TIAX ended the day closing down 135.35 points at 16,381.31. In light of the current uncertainties, I think it is a good idea to first hold on to fewer stocks and then focus on picking individual stocks rather than going after overall market trends, as trading volumes may not be as big as before. As for Country Garden and Evergrande, the Financial Supervisory Commission says their debt exposure in Taiwan amounts to just about 2 billion NT, so I think all that will have a relatively small impact on financial stocks. As a result, there will likely be a rebound following the initial drop. China property giant Evergrande Group filed for bankruptcy in New York on Thursday. An analyst says that amid financial troubles in other Chinese giants such as Country Garden and Zhongrong International Trust, Taiwanese financial shares could rebound after bearish forces weaken. He says investors should remain cautious in case more blows come in the future. Meanwhile, Taiwan Statistics Bureau has sharply downgraded its GDP growth projection for the year to 1.61 percent, citing a weak export performance and lower-than-expected private investment. That's Taiwan's lowest growth forecast in nearly eight years. However, officials think that as inventory destocking gradually comes to an end and AI applications become more popular, exports won't decline so much in the future. The delayed effects of tightening monetary policy continue to interfere with things. The center of gravity of post-pandemic consumption has shifted to services and the momentum of foreign trade has cooled. 
In addition, last year's base was relatively high, which affected the performance of our exports. In the second half of the year, inventory destocking will come to an end. In addition, the rise of AI applications will lead to an increase in demand for server-related industries. Put in one sentence, there is light at the end of the tunnel. The Statistics Bureau believes that the AI craze will be felt in Taiwan's economy, which could grow by up to 3.32% in 2024. Meanwhile, officials say commodity prices won't rise too dramatically in the remainder of the year. The Bureau revised its annual CPI prediction down to 2.14%, 0.12 percentage points lower than its forecast back in May. The historically frosty relations between Tokyo and Seoul have rapidly thawed over the last year amid shared concerns about China's assertiveness in the Pacific and North Korea's nuclear threats, setting the stage for the trilateral summit with the U.S. on Friday. Voice of America reports. South Korea's President Yoon Suk-yeol said the summit at Camp David will be a new milestone in trilateral cooperation. Yoon attended the 78th Liberation Day anniversary in Seoul on Tuesday. Yoon says the three-way cooperation with the U.S. and Japan for sharing intelligence and North Korea missile data is crucial for defending against North Korea's nuclear and missile threat. VOA spoke with Ambassador Joseph Detrani, a former U.S. Special Envoy for negotiations with North Korea. I think that's the, that's the front and centerpiece where South Korea and Japan and the United States are committed to a strong uh, allied uh, uh, position on on deterring North Korea from doing something of a provocative nature that could that could lead to accidental conflict. Ambassador James Jeffrey, former Deputy National Security Advisor, on the message the three countries are sending to China and Russia. The very fact they're holding this meeting will send shivers down the spines of President Xi and President Putin. This is exactly what they don't want. It will also make them think twice about taking new aggressive actions, which is exactly what we want. Senior U.S. officials said the leaders of the three countries will launch a series of joint initiatives on technology, education, and defense. Japan plans to spend more than $315 billion in the next four years on its defense program due to China's increased aggression. The ban on military equipment exports, lifted in 2014, has limited international sales for many Japanese defense companies. More than 100 Japanese companies have left the defense sector over the past 20 years. For the Japanese defense companies, the self-defense forces are the only uh, buyer. So it's not so easy for those companies to make profits by making weapons. Uh, and because of that, uh, several, particularly smaller uh, companies, are now uh, going uh, away from those defense uh, industries. A recent poll shows slightly more than 40% of voters want to expand Japan's self-defense forces, up from 29% five years ago. Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan-an has confirmed he will be attending the Taipei Shanghai Twin City Forum, which will be held in China this year. Jiang will lead a delegation of 12 city councillors to Shanghai for a three-day visit starting August 29th. There, he will attend the forum, sign three MOUs with the city, and take part in exchanges with local Taiwanese business people. The visit is set to be closely scrutinized by local media outlets 
as Jiang is purportedly the great-grandson of Jiang Kai-shek, the generalissimo who fought against the Communist Party in the Chinese Civil War. Waiting past reporters, Premier Chen Jianren smiles at the cameras. The annual Taipei Shanghai Twin City Forum is set to kick off later this month, and Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an has finally confirmed he will be attending. I will go with a delegation from Taipei City. We'll be in Shanghai from August 29th to August 31st for the Taipei Shanghai City Forum. Over the past three years, the event was held online due to COVID, but now it's a physical event once again. After three years, the forum is back in physical format. This year, it's Shanghai's turn to host. Jiang will lead a delegation to the city from August 29th to August 31st. The group will comprise 13 city councillors, marking the biggest delegation ever sent. This year's theme is New Trends and New Developments. Jiang's three-day visit will include signing three MOUs at the opening of the event, a visit to Shanghai City administrative units, and exchanges with Taiwanese business people and youth in Shanghai. In addition, Taipei and Shanghai will each host a banquet. Jiang will meet Shanghai Mayor Gong Zheng, but it is still unknown whether he will meet with any higher-ranking Chinese officials. Reporters pressed Jiang on whether he'd meet any central government officials, but he did not comment on the matter. China's military has announced it will conduct shooting exercises in the South China Sea just one week before Jiang's visit. Jiang weighed in on the complex strait of cross-strait relations. The tense cross-strait relations get, the more we need dialogue and exchanges. The Twin City Forum is a platform for just that. Discussion will be centred on city-to-city exchanges, based on equality, dignity, goodwill and reciprocity. Stressing that the meetings would be based on equality and dignity, Jiang was cautious with his words. As a purported great-grandson of Chiang Kai-shek, it remains to be seen whether China will use his identity to further its campaign to annex Taiwan. If you ride the Taipei MRT, you may have noticed that some stations have announcements in foreign languages. Due to a recent increase in Korean tourists, the MRT has added Korean announcements to 15 stations. The stations include Taipei Main Station, Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall, and other stops located near popular tourist sites. Japanese station announcements are currently made at 13 stations, with eight more to be added. The rollout is expected to be complete by the end of August. In the post-COVID era, Taiwan's job market is in transition. Industries like restaurants, convenience stores and logistics are desperately short of labor. So where have all the casual workers gone? Well, tens of thousands of people have taken up delivery jobs. That's especially true among students and recent graduates. However, the monthly income of most delivery riders is disappointing. Experts say that would-be riders should also consider the precarious nature of these gig economy jobs, which are not protected by standard labor laws. 
I'm still working out what I want to do, so I thought I'd do deliveries for now, and it's an income. It's simple. You just do it when you want to, go out when you want, and don't when you don't. Flexible working hours and a low threshold for entry make delivery an attractive job for many fresh graduates. And it's a top choice of part-time work for students who make up more than 40% of all delivery riders. I've done it before. About 10% of any class are doing it. If there's 50 people in the class, five of them are delivery riders. The top student jobs used to be clothing retail, service jobs, maybe part-time restaurant work. And now since the pandemic, everyone's going for delivery jobs. Since the end of the pandemic, there's been a shortage of workers in the hospitality industry, in convenience stores, and in logistics. Figures from the Ministry of Labor show that delivery rider numbers have soared from just 45,000 in 2019 to 145,000 in 2022. But the medium income is meager, which means lots of people leave the job quickly. The average monthly income is 36,000 NT, compared to the overall market average of 40,000 NT, they're below average. So looking at the overall retention rate of workers, the average delivery rider has just 11 months experience in the job. The advice from this job seekers website is to think carefully about taking on a delivery job. Most riders are hired as contractors, which means they don't enjoy the rights and protections of the Labor Standards Act, such as labor and health insurance or paid national holidays. It's not easy work. A new exhibition in Taipei is making the case for adopting a pet instead of buying one. By presenting videos and illustrations of stray animals and wild endangered animals, it hopes to raise public awareness of the importance of adopting stray animals from shelters so as to prevent wild animals from being attacked by stray animals. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. At a new Taipei exhibition, video and images illustrate the dangers faced by stray dogs and cats that live outdoors. There's also a showcase of three-dimensional works and illustrations on wild animals in Taiwan, such as pangolins, barn owls, and leopard cats. An investigation found that 50% of pangolins injured in the wild were attacked by stray dogs. Taiwan is not the only country facing this problem. Globally, pangolins have been brought to the brink of extinction. Taiwan's leopard cats are now almost extinct. There are probably less than 500 leopard cats left in the country. We're introducing barn owls in this exhibition. There are less than 500 barn owls left in Taiwan. Animal protection organizations urge people who want a pet to adopt rather than buy. In addition to saving stray cats and dogs, adoption can also save wildlife. We encourage everyone to join the initiative. Adopting a dog from a shelter will allow the shelter to take in more stray dogs, thereby reducing the number of animals outside that aren't part of the ecosystem. The damage to wild animals will be reduced. At present, conditions at Taiwan's shelters have improved a lot. You don't have to worry. The exhibition will run in Taipei till August 27th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Qi in Taipei. Traditional aqua farming activities have become a new tourist attraction that is drawing visitors to Pingdong. A unique tradition of crab catching is taught by locals in Qifeng community in Lingbian Township. 
We went down to the beach with tour guide Zheng Shichang, who used to catch ghost crabs as a child when meat was hard to come by. Now his skills are giving visitors a window into a different way of life. A fishing rod made with a bamboo stick is pushed into the sand. Then a special hook with fish meat bait on it is tossed into the sea. This is Chi Feng community in Limbian Township, where visitors can try a new crab fishing experience. Many locals used to play here in Crescent Bay as children. Lots of families lived in poverty and would come to the beach to catch fish for their meals. Now they've turned that skill into a tourist attraction. We didn't have much to eat when I was a kid, so we caught seafood to add to the tables. Visitors can try their hand at catching sand crabs, as well as digging a hole in the beach to look for ghost crabs, and get to know sea life better. Sand crabs are said to be the fastest moving crabs because they have long legs and they don't weigh much and don't grow that big. Various fishing village experiences available in Pindong County. Here at Chi Feng, the local tradition of crab catching is a relaxing experience that you probably won't find anywhere else, except in the childhood memories of those born and raised here.